The podcast of this local government meeting is brought to you by Michigan Radio. For more coverage of local government meetings and to find out how you can support this service, go to michiganradio.org.
2022 Zoning Board of Appeals meeting. I'm Candace Breyer, Chairperson of the Zoning Board of Appeals. The Zoning Board of Appeals is a nine-person volunteer board nominated by the mayor and approved by City Council. First, we will hear from Planning Services, represented tonight by Matt Kowalski. Then the applicant or their representative will make their presentation. Applicants will have five minutes in which to make their presentation. Staff will keep time and will announce when 30 seconds are remaining. Public comment is available in person or remotely. We will first call on individuals present to address the board, then remote participants. To speak during a public hearing or during public comment remotely, press star nine if listening by phone or use the raise hand feature if viewing through the web link. For phone access, call 877-853-5247 and enter meeting ID 938-1648-1007. City staff will select callers that have raised their hand using the last three digits of your phone number or by name if available for those accessing through the web link. You will hear an automated announcement that the host is allowing you to speak. When speaking, please move to a quiet area and mute any television or background sounds. We may ask questions of either the city or the applicant. We will acknowledge any written comments received by the board. We will allow an appearing party to express their support or objections. The board will then discuss the appeal and formulate a motion to approve the appeal. Five affirmative votes of the board will be required for an appeal to be granted. Finally, any qualified party who is aggrieved by a decision of the board can appeal that decision to the Washtenaw County Circuit Court on a timely basis. Roll call. Candace Breyer, I am here. Mike Daniel. Here. Dave Devardi. Devardi here. Chris Madigan. Julia Good. Here. Chris Fraley. Todd Grant. Here. Elizabeth Nelson. Here. Christina Glusak. Here. We have a quorum. Uh, next up, we have approval of the agenda. Do I have um, a motion to approve the agenda? A motion from Julia. Thank you. Support? Support from Mike. Thank you. All in favor? Yes. Uh, aye. Opposed? All right, moving on to approval of minutes. We have minutes from the July 27th, 2022 ZBA meeting. Are there any questions, comments, corrections to those minutes? If not, do I have a motion to approve the minutes from July? Motion from Mike, support? Julia, thank you. All in favor? Aye. Opposed? All right, moving on to public hearings. We have petition ZBA 22-2015-611 Ironwood Drive. Matt? Okay, good evening everybody. Um, Dana and Samuel Robinson are here tonight requesting a variance from section 5.226 uh, fences to allow an existing six foot high, 100% opaque fence to remain in the front open space along Dexter Avenue. We'll go through um, again uh, the pictures here. You can see the subject site outlined in yellow here on the map, R1C zoning. Again, kind of a zoomed out aerial to get some perspective. And we're zooming in to the subject site. Um, again, the house was constructed in, in 2020 um, by, a, by a different owner. <clears throat> that, that owner did put up the fence that uh, is the subject of the variance for you guys tonight. Um, <clears throat> that fence was constructed again about the same time as the, as the, um, as the house was constructed. <laughs> We do not have a fence permit at the time that was pulled on that, so we think it was just kind of constructed by the builder as they built the house at the time. 
um, what the restrictions are for the front open space fences, four feet high and 50% opaque. You can see again, just as so, this is the plot plan of the house before it's constructed, of course. Um, there's no fence shown on the plot plan. Uh, pictures from the petitioner of the subject fence. And you can see Dexter Anna Road uh, is directly behind that fence. And uh, really, that concludes the petition here for you guys tonight. Thank you. I'm available for any questions. Thank you, Matt. Any questions? Yeah, Elizabeth. I want to go back to um, the picture you had of the fence where you said that Dexter was behind. That yes. almost looks like a corner. Which side of that picture is? It looks like there are houses behind one part of the fence. Yeah. Is it to the left? So we're looking. Sorry. So we're looking. Um, straight. The house that you see, the blue house, is across Dexter Road. Oh. Okay. So basically, so that fence, so the fence on that we have where the two pine trees, that's running parallel to Dexter Avenue there. And okay. then so across the street is where that blue house is. So this is on the corner of, you can kind of think we have a better kind of perspective here. So the fence is along the bottom of what you see. So the, the picture was taken basically kind of from like the back porch area. Gotcha. Looking out, the blue house is directly across Dexter Road here. Okay. So the front open space, again, is the way the city of Ann Arbor defines it, is any uh, that first 25 feet in their zoning district from the right of way, whether or not the front of the house is located there or not. It's still considered a front according to the zoning code. Wait, say that again. So that's the, you're, you're saying that, that that counts as the front of the house facing yes. Dexter Road? According to the zoning code, any frontage, any property line along a, a public right of way is considered a front. Oh, so okay, even if the it. house itself doesn't front upon that, because it has um, frontage along that public right of way, that is considered a front. Is it, is it like a corner house? Is that? No, nope, no, this is not a corner. Oh, okay. All right. So it's just the lower property line here you see kind of along that bottom. That is, so the southern property line, I guess you could say, that's the direct frontage along Dexter Road, and then there's houses located on both sides. So it was located, their access is from Ironwood, that's why the address is on Ironwood. Gotcha. So okay. that's a little bit confusing there because of, it was a land division, so the way that all those houses are addressed off of Ironwood, but obviously they don't front directly on Ironwood. Okay, thanks. Matt, is that a curb cut that's on that, southwest corner right yes, there? Yes, but that goes to the adjacent property. Okay. Yes. There's a picture was slightly skewed probably where they took it, so it is shifted over. Okay. Dave. Uh, Matt, I'm used to getting photos from every uh, side of the property yes. when John sure. does it. Um, the, I've got a qu couple questions. I, I'm seeing the corner there are two fences. Yes. How many sides of this house have fences? And then another, a second question is, are there sidewalks along this section of um, Dexter Road? No, there's no sidewalks on that side of Dexter Road, correct? And the, the fence goes, there's three, the, the fence is along three sides, basically. So you've got the southern side, which obviously is adjacent to the road, and then the two perpendicular sides that lead up there, that also has part of the fence. So that would be subject of the, I'm trying to show you if we have a, Right here, basically, the way that the fence, so this is oriented the way you see, um, the same way you see the other pictures. The south is to the bottom of there. So that, um, the fence is, any, 25 feet from that property line would, is considered their front yard. So part of the fence on both sides of the lot would have to be, go down to 50% four feet as well. Not just directly along the frontage. Anything within the front open space. Does it? I guess a follow-up question. I know the city is slowly planning to do and prioritizing 
sidewalk fill-ins where there aren't sidewalks? Do you know where Dexter Road, this side of Dexter Road is on that priority list? I, I don't, I'm sorry, that's, that's a good question, but I, I, I don't know it, I don't know that. Okay, thank you. Elizabeth. Um, something you said made me have another question. <laughs> so is the, is the variance the opacity of the fence or is it the distance from the, like the frontage? It's, it's both a, a, a height, because it can only be four feet high, Okay. And it can only be 50% opaque. So they would need a variance both because the height, right, the fence right now is six feet high and 100% opaque. So they need a variance of two feet to allow them to go to six feet and then basically 50% opacity to allow them to go to 100% opacity. So the entire front yard has to be, so everything basically their backyard is really cons is almost an entire front yard of way, the way the zoning works. So on this picture, the, the, the front line, that house is situated about 25 feet or a little bit more from that, the edge of that property line. So that, again, would be the front yard. That entire area, if you draw a line across the what's the rear of their house to those property lines, then the fence fort would have to be 50%, and like basically a picket fence, 50% opaque and four feet high. So it would be their entire frontage along Dexter and Arbor. So it makes no difference how the distance it is between the house and the De and Dexter Road. That makes no difference. No, it okay. does, All right. no only for the, gotcha. the setback requirement, correct. All right, thanks. Julia. Uh, so in practical usage, it's their backyard. So the house next door, is it also oriented away from Dexter? Yes, well, they, yeah, exactly. They're both, it was originally, well, funny, it was originally facing Dexter Road, but now they've oriented it so it does face back. So that's their backyard as well. Okay. Any other questions for Matt? All right, if the petitioner is here, if you could please come forward, state your name for the record and sign in, you'll have five minutes. Hi, my name is Sam Robinson. I, along with my wife, Dana, uh, are the, we are the homeowners at, at 611 Ironwood Drive. Um, we're here tonight, as it's already been said, seeking a variance um, for the fence that runs along Dexter Avenue on our property. Um, for the following reasons, I think, as has been said already, um, I understand the code, but that um, area of the house is, is functionally uh, our backyard. There is no entrance into our yard or property along uh, Dexter Avenue, no in, ingress or egress. Um, our front door, our mailbox, the entryway into our home is on the portion of the driveway along Ironwood Drive. That is a shared driveway with the other properties um, along the road there. Uh, it is my belief that based on this, uh, there is no fence around the area that is functionally the front of our house, which means that uh, the current way that the fence is set up is consistent with the in intent of the ordinance, which is designed to have certain fence rules uh, around the front of the home. Um, the fence also is a, is a safety measure. We do have a dog. Uh, when we bought the house, part of the intent uh, was to keep our animals safe. Dexter Avenue is a 35-mile-an-hour road. As it's been noted, there is no sidewalk. Um, you know, there is quite a bit of distance, but God forbid there was a, an accident or a vehicle swerving or something. That fence is a barrier between us uh, and the traffic on Dexter Road. Um, finally, as, as it was noted, the previous homeowner, who was also the builder, installed the fence. Uh, 
that fence was present when we first toured the home in January of 2021 and when we purchased the home in March of 2021. Replacing the fence uh, would represent a significant financial cost, both in removing the existing fence and then replacing it um, with new materials, as well as the fence is in good condition. Since we've moved in, we've had it painted so it doesn't rot or anything. Uh, we take care of the fence, and so, um, you know, it's a, it's a waste of, of, of functional good material. Uh, and then finally, the last thing I'll say is that one of the things on the appeal application that we filled out asked about self-imposed difficulty. This is not a self-imposed difficulty. We did not put up the fence and sort of hope to seek forgiveness later. Um, the fence was put up again by the previous homeowner and builder and we were not aware until we received the zoning violation a couple months ago that they didn't pull a permit and that it did not meet city code. Um, so, and it's also a unique situation given that the way the home faces, uh, that that is functionally uh, our backyard. That's all, thank you for your time. Thank you, any questions for the petitioner? Yeah, Todd. Yes, um, Mr. Robinson. Yeah. I'm a little on the fence on this issue. I had to say that. Um, obviously, it's sympathetic because you didn't do it. Sure. Um, but you also say that if you were to replace the fence, you would incur significant financial costs. Yeah. What would have been helpful to me would have been to see what those costs are. I mean, if it's $10,000, we're talking about a big thing. But if it's a thousand bucks, you know, it was a thousand bucks to get here. I mean, that's a little painful, but but doable. Do you have any idea how much this would cost? I mean, I, I don't, but I would push back on the point that the dollar amount matters when ultimately we would be answering financially uh, for a builder not following city code. Um, you know, this builder, frankly, builds all over Ann Arbor and is very active. Um, so unless the city was then going to go examine and make sure they per pulled permits for all the homes that have been recently built, that are actively being built to make sure uh, we're ultimately answering financially for a decision that, that we were not responsible for. And I have a second question. Sure. So in the picture, it looks like there are two parallel to the ground, two two by rows of two by sixes or two by fours. Have you thought about just lowering it a foot by cutting the top part off? Would sure. that drop it down to like four and a half or five feet? No. Yeah, I mean, I, we would be, a, I suppose, open to it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, Any other questions okay. for the petitioner? Thank you. Yes. Um, I, Christina. Um, picking up on that last comment, yep. um, just just understanding if there's been any in, um, any study done to modify the existing fence. So you have the posts running yep. every, I don't know, just guessing, whatever, 12 to 16 feet or something. Per sure. Perhaps you could keep those posts and then the infill would be modified and that would be maybe more financially, um, you know, just the, put you in a better spot than just assuming 100% of it has to go down, you know, it has to be demolished. Yeah, my, my only concern, which may be clarification, he was talking about the, the side portions uh, as well, which is no one here's problem, but the neighbors next door have a dog and we have a dog and you know the dog next door is fairly big and when it's it physically moves the fence when it's barking and so if there was more opacity or anything uh, I would have a little bit of concern there but again maybe that's a relatively minor issue 
I had another question yeah, too. Um, so I understand at the um, uh, maybe at the transaction of the of the of the real of the property, was there any disclosure on the seller's side that maybe checked the box or said anything about um, an element of, at the house that was not um, meeting any current codes? And if if there wasn't, maybe there's an opportunity to go to go back. And, and if you know if, if it was there when they you know when they had the house in their possession, so it's just a um, observation. Yeah, no, there was there was no disclosure at the time. Okay, so I mean, it seems like that could benefit you guys sure. also to yep. circle back on that. But thank you, Elizabeth. I don't I don't know that I've ever bought a house from it. Well, I know that I've never bought a house from a builder. Um, I'm curious, do you in, in a transaction like that, do you have the house inspected as as you do when you buy a house that's like 30 years old or like, did you have a house inspection? We, we did have a house inspection. I'm curious about that, not related to you specifically, but it, it like concerns me that there seems to be not a lot of awareness about our, our fence ordinance. Like we've had a couple situations of like people coming here and not being aware of it and it's because if you had an inspector the inspector should have been aware of that i would think yeah. anyway yeah. thanks any other questions for the petitioner all right thank you very much thank you um now is the time for the public hearing if there's anyone here from the public who wishes to speak on this petition uh we'll first hear from anyone that's in person and then we'll take comment remotely um if you are um, accessing the meeting remotely, please press star nine to raise your hand. Um, staff will call on you or use the raise hand function if you're accessing via the web link. I think we have a letter also. What was it? We may have a letter on this. Yeah, we do. Yes. The neighbor across the street. Yeah. Yes, I will note that uh, we do have a letter of support um, from Kathleen and Michael Ignatowski at 3313 Dexter Road. There don't appear to be any callers at this time. All right. Thanks, Courtney. Uh, with that, we'll close the public hearing, and we are in discussion. Mike. Yeah, so I was pretty sympathetic to this um, request until I heard the part where the petitioner did not actually research how much it would cost. So to say it's a substantial financial hardship is pretty hard when there's no knowledge whatsoever of the dollar amount. Um, and I agree that, you know, to Todd's point, $10,000 and $100 are very different to me, right? If it's, there's, there's a number in my head that means substantial. Substantial is not any. It, that's a different word. If the word was any, then I'd agree. Even a dollar would meet the standard, but the, the standard is substantial. So without a dollar number, it's hard for me to agree with that point. Dave. I just want to say, um, since the pandemic started, I've been trying to walk sit between six and eight miles a day um, on streets throughout the city. And I've been taken by some of these 
large opaque senses, uh, fences along uh, pedestrian ways, and they're, they're terrible. You know, you, it totally shut you off from seeing uh, architectural aspects of the community, and I just, there, I've encountered a number of them that have, some of them are in terrible shape and have been there per, for 50 years or more, and I'd like to enable the city to go after those and get them out of here. Um, meanwhile, I see new fences going up along these pedestrian thoroughfares that allow, um, with limited opacity, to, um, for people to see the neighborhood, see the homes, see the architectural um, style of the neighborhood. Additionally, I look at this, Dexter Road is functionally the front yard um, in terms of how this is, on, even though the address is on Ironwood, the way this was built with this little courtyard basically, um, it's not, that's not a walkway, it's not a place that people pedestrians walk. Now I have to admit, I haven't walked out Miller Road, but when I do take these walks, and some of them have been quite long, out, way out, going out Washtenaw, um, going out Jackson Road, and you know, I'll, I'll make it a point to take a walk out Dexter Road, and I, I'm sorry that there aren't sidewalks on both sides of the street, which is something I'd like to see. Um, but I will be walking on the side that has the sidewalk when I do this walk. And part of my, when I'm out walking, I want to see the homes, the neighborhoods, the, see what's happening in the neighborhoods. Um, I think it's totally reasonable of the city to require in these front yards to have a limited opacity and limited height. And I think it's something that's totally doable. I have a dog. We put a fence a couple years ago in our backyard, only in the backyard. On the sides, we did a shadow box style of wood fence, which is 80% opacity, but it's only four feet high, and it is in the back. And um, it's, I know it can be done, and it's not expensive. We did not spend 10,000, and we did our entire backyard, um, with the sh most of it with shadow box. Along the back fence, uh, a back lot line is a opaque fence, but I actually went to my neighbors in the back and talked to them, and I've got, just as you do, I have to um, compliment who, the builder for putting the, the support system on the inside so that that's not facing the outside. And sometimes in my walks I see fences where all of that is on the outside, and that even makes it worse. But um, I think it, the, these requirements of the city are reasonable. I'm going to vote against this. Um, I um, I know it can be done, and the removal you could probably do yourself. So there's not going to be cost to the removal, but I, I do know that there will be some cost to the uh, putting a new fence in there that meets our standards um, if the board in agreement denies this uh, variance. Thanks, Dave. Um, I will say briefly, I agree with Dave. I'm generally not a big fan of fences in the front yard. But I will disagree with Dave in that I think in this case, the area along Dexter is not functionally the front yard. I think it's functionally the rear yard. And the fact that there's not currently a sidewalk along Dexter and not one, as far as I know, planned in the immediate future, 
Um, there's not a curb cut on Dexter and won't be a curb cut on Dexter. For me, limiting the opacity and the height of fences in the front yard has a lot to do with pedestrian safety, vehicle safety, bicycle safety, those kinds of things. And you're not going to have those turning movements coming in and out of this property onto Dexter because that's just not how the site is accessed. So I, I guess it doesn't seem like that big of a deal to me to have this fence there. Um, I will say, though, I don't, I don't know that I necessarily want to grant a variance for it so that in perpetuity there's always a fence there. I mean, it seems kind of punitive to me to make the current homeowners pay to remove and replace the fence when they're not responsible for putting it up. Um, is, I guess this is maybe a question for Matt. Is there a way to allow this existing fence to stay, but in the event that it needs, I mean, at some point down the road, it'll need to be replaced. Like when they have to replace it, it has to conform with the current requirements, but they don't have to take this one down, or is that not, that's no. not possible? <clears throat> Unfortunately, no. <laughs> we either have to, because it's already obviously been noted as a violation, it, it, yeah, there's no way to allow it to continue. I mean, they would have to replace it. <clears throat> If it was ever destroyed, knocked down by a car or whatever, they would to build it new yet yeah, would have to conform to the standards. But we can't I don't have any way of triggering it later down without them reconstructing the fence of making them do it later. You know what I'm saying? Sure. It either has to be done through a variance or then we have to take corrective action. Sure. So there's no way to delay it, unfortunately. Okay. Elizabeth. I have another question about the distance from the road. Is sure. this is the location of this fence where in in any way in the space where a sidewalk would theoretically go? That's a good question. No, because this is entirely um, so it's they're further property, back. Right. It, um, trying to see if we can. I mean, so, was that yellow line on the map picture? Was that it, where the fence is? is that yes. Well, that's okay. the property line. But again, you're looking at an area, so it's slightly skewed, of course. You know, it's not okay. exact. But that's the property line. So obviously, any sidewalk would go. Typically, public sidewalks are one foot off of that property line. So it would be one foot closer to Dexter Ann Arbor Road. Okay. So no, the fence wouldn't. But it could be within, if, they did, if the sidewalk was ever to go there, again, it would probably be usually one foot off that property line. So there could be one foot between the sidewalk and then the fence. Okay. And then my other question is, it's only that, is it that just that southern section of the fence that is too tall and too opaque, or is it the side sections as well? It's the side sections as well. Uh, for 25 feet from the property line in towards the house is considered the front. So it would be okay. side sections as well as the section along here. And again, obviously that was the intent is like if corners and things like that, you can have that visibility at that corner. Okay. So no, it's not just the frontage along there. It would be required again in the picture. We'll show you. So it, on this picture here, it's these. I don't know. Can you guys see my mouse moving? So it, yeah. Know, but, so I yeah. can see your yeah. cursor. So it's not the, but it's not the whole length of the side. It's like to the correct. It'd, like, it'd be 25 feet from this okay. from the edge of well, not the edge, but from the property line basically in. So I'm not sure how wide those individual panels are. Like eight feet or so, so um, it could be almost three or three and a half of those panels or so. I'm really, I'm really torn with this one because I, I have to say we do, we have decided um, on some petitions that were similar to this. I think I remember one on backs up to Annapur Lane or South Main, um, but this is feels a little bit different because it's not um, 
it's not a series of backyards. It, it, I mean, on either side, the houses are actually fronting on Dexter, right? It looks like this is the, or maybe one, on one side, on one side it's fronting Dexter Road, and the other side that's fronting the, Ironwood. Yes, that's correct. Okay. Um, yeah, it. I, I'm really sympathetic to the fact that this fence is basically new, um, and I, I'm really frustrated that people do are not aware of the fence ordinance. Like the builder himself was not aware. That that's really frustrating to me. Um, that the builder did this. Um, yeah, I'm I'm curious if anybody else has any remarks because I I'm. I'm conflicted on this one. Christine? I have, yeah, um, just building a little bit on that as well, that the scale of Dexter Road at this um, spot, it's only two lanes, right? So it is narrow. I mean, it's not a four-lane road where maybe a solid um, fence line would be maybe more acceptable. That's just how I'm looking at it. So going back to what David said about the pedestrian scale and if there in the future if there's plans to have a sidewalk you know that just helps the transparency the experience walking down the street even as a driver in a car I think because of the, the, the width is is it feels like a residential street and it's it's very um, it, it's a very strong um, um, element in, in that block to all of a sudden come across a solid fence. So I drove by and that was my that was my observation. Um, so I mean in, it's unfortunate situation um, but I do feel like there is room to go back to you know to the closing just to, to see if there's any opportunity to help a cost share opportunity and for any modifications so that you're not completely removing it down to the ground I, I feel like there's some room there to get to a workable solution but also then my last comment picking up on the public safety I think that also works from the inside out and that um, you don't if with a solid fence you, you don't, um, you need that transparency for public safety as well. Because in the unfortunate, you know, future scenario, if there's new owners coming into the, to the home, they could use it, you know, in a negative way. This, is, this has happened before where, where um, you know, just to store stuff, you know, and it's concealed from the, from the public side. So, um, so in, in general, I, I'm, um, I'm in support of well, I'll have to reword how it's um, <laughs> um, on the worksheet here, but I would be denying the request to keep the fence as is. Thank you. Julia? Um, in, in general, I'm concerned, Matt, that, you know, like I kind of want the developer fined for this. Yeah. Um, right that we continually get these people who are, these contractors know you have to get permits. I mean, I'm sorry, all the contractors in Ann Arbor know you need a permit. We're not some township without a city hall. In Ann Arbor, you need permits. And, and we routinely get things where people are building without permits and they're contractors. Um, so I'm upset about that. I generally am not a fan of fences. There's a lot of people ride bikes down Dexter. It feels very unsafe to me, but a lot of people do. It is kind of well used by bikers. Um, and I think having that there, even though there's no curb cut, so it's not a danger, um, it still is very 
unpleasant. I think the fence ordinance is pretty good. Um, and I don't feel like they've done these things like, um, is it the minimal request? Or, you know, what's the practical difficulty besides financial? Um, I don't think it's really met the criteria for a variance. Dave. Um, I just also wanted to add, um, if we allow this, there aren't fences on either side of this property. What do we do when the people next door want to put up an eight-foot opaque fence? What, what do we start doing when east of Ironwood, some of these other homes along Dexter Road decide, oh, we want a barrier to that traffic on Dexter Road. We want an eight-foot opaque fence. It, if we allow this, the next one that comes in, what do we do? You know, it's like we need some sort of consistency. If we believe in this ordinance, we need to apply it here and all along Dexter Road. Um, and I would say to Matt, if we, or and to our council representative, Elizabeth, maybe some work needs to be done. And I know council members are more volunteers and it really should be on our city staff to do this. If we cannot retroactively fine the builders in these situations, and that's a question for the legal department, and they're builders that come in time and time again for permits in the future, maybe if we find that they've been built something without a proper permit or inspections, it automatically increases their fee for their next permit or their next three months of permits or something like that. So there's an escalatory fee structure on builders who have documented uh, violations of our building codes. So, and that might be another way to get at it rather than a retroactive fine, uh, prospective fee increase for these builders that um, ignore our permit regulations. So, and to me, that's the issue here that I'd like to see staff address is how do we get at that so this doesn't happen uh, in the future and that we get at some of the builders who have done this in the past and we make them pay for it. Any further discussion? Are we ready for a motion? motion. Thank you, Dave. I think I've got a motion thing here. ZBA 22-2015, 611 Ironwood. Based on the following finding in accordance with the established standards for approval, the Zoning Board of Appeals hereby grants a two-foot, 50% opacity fence variance from Chapter 55, Unified Development Code, Section 5.26, Fences. The applicant is proposing to allow a six-foot, 100% opaque fence to remain in the front open space along Dexter Road. There is a practical difficulty that is exceptional to the property and results from conditions that do not exist generally throughout the city. A motion to support? Second. Thank you, Todd. Dave Devardi. Devardi, no. 
Todd Grant. No. Elizabeth Nelson. No. Julia Good. No. Christina Glusak. No. I vote yes. Mike Daniel. No. No. The request is denied. Moving on to petition ZBA 22-216, 700 Barton Drive. Uh, this is noted as being for public hearing only. Uh, Matt? Yes, I'll just add a little background. Um, <clears throat> unfortunately, there was a, uh, a slight error in the public notice between what was posted in the newspaper between um, what and what went out on the postcards. No, nobody probably noticed what's posted in the newspaper. However, um, to make it consistent, uh, and we did notice as a public hearing, we're just requesting it to be postponed. I informed, obviously, the property owner of this and told them that they didn't need to attend because we, ne we need to re-notice it for next month. So, but because we put it out there as a public hearing, we just wanted to see, technically, we should at least hold it because it was noticed, even though we're going to have it again next month. Sure. All right, that being said, if there is anyone from the public who wishes to speak on this petition for 700 Barton Drive, please come forward if you are in person or if you're accessing remotely, press star nine to raise your hand or use the raise hand function um, if you're accessing on the web. There don't appear to be any callers at this time. All right, thank you. That being said, the public hearing is closed and we'll see this petition again next month. Uh, moving on to petition ZBA 22-2019-1115 Fountain Street. Matt? Okay, thank you. Um, Anna Milanowski, property owner, is here requesting relief um, from the section 5.32.2 alteration to a non-conforming structure, permission to alter a non-conforming structure, as well as a variance from section 5.117 um, point one, sorry. Um, that's a variance of four feet, nine inches from the required <coughs> rear setback of 30 feet. So it's both permission to alter as well as a variance. Um, again, the subject property, you can see it here, zoned R1C in the corner of Fountain and Robin Street. Uh, zoomed out aerial, put it in perspective, and we're going a little bit closer. You can see this is a, obviously a corner lot. has a bit of a unique shape to it with a little bend in the middle there. Um, survey of the existing site as it stands now. So again, the unique thing about this, it, there are two fronts. Remember, any uh, as we just covered, any frontage along a public road is considered a front. So this has the site has two fronts. The rear is defined as the the side, if you will, most distant from a front. So the rear is the rear setback would be at the bottom of the screen. The side setback is along the left hand or the west, western side of the parcel, basically, and obviously the two fronts along Robin, as well as along Fountain Street. Um, here you can see the petitioner, because of with the averaged front setback that does apply in this case, um, because of the, the, the structures adjacent, I'll go back on the aerial photo, you see it's a, well, it's, well, that one's a little too far out, this one's a little too close, but this is kind of a unique situation in that um, the other, the house is immediately adjacent to the south, um, that's their rear yard, so their rear yards back up to Fountain. Um, so they don't actually have direct access to Fountain. Again, this area is a little too far out, but you can kind of see from the court arrangement here that obviously these houses uh, front directly on Crestfield Lane there, so they have their frontages, uh, or sorry, their rear yards that are adjacent to the rear yard of this. So it's a little bit different in that situation. Um, again, the building envelope that's outlined here. 
so it's relatively limited. Um, here you have the proposed 642 square foot addition in, on the rear of the, of the current house. They need permission to alter because obviously the um, house is within the setbacks. The addition does not conform. The addition is also in the setback. So that is the permission to alter. The variance, as you can see, they are going into that rear setback. The rear setback on this, you can see identified directly here through the, um, with the line, the dashed line that, that's right there on the screen. Um, kind of some, uh, just a basic floor plan there, proposing a garage, obviously, with an accessory dwelling unit on the, um, on the upper level of that. And some elevations. You can see the, obviously, the top one is the existing one. The bottom is the proposed elevation. And coming from the side as well. And some pictures of, so we're looking directly at kind of that front of the house sitting on fountain. So to the left, kind of behind those trees, is where the proposed rear addition would be. And there, there would be another kind of garage off to that side as well. So there's a kind of a significant slope in that area. Um, this is looking at the house from Robin Street. So again, the court to the left is fountain, and that's where the addition would be into the rear. So obviously from Robin Street, it would not be visible. And that concludes the presentation on this item. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. Any questions? Dave. Um, this looks to me like it comes up with something that I'm continually complaining about, and that's the, the averaging of the front setbacks. So I'm going to ask a question. With this zoning, um, without the averaging, what would the zoning code require as a front setback? 25 feet is the front setback. So it would be 25 feet from both Robin and 25 feet from Fountain. Um, so you can see on this, here's their actual survey on the screen now. So it does look like even with, with the 25 foot, not the average, it, the existing house would be non-conforming along Fountain. And then the new addition that they're proposing, how many feet is that set back off of Fountain? That is set back 27 and a half feet. So that would conform to the front setback of Fountain. Okay, and I note that the averaging is because all these homes on Crestfield yes. are, there's a long distance. So they're averaging, they're really getting hit by this averaging with these backyards of the houses, the front on Crestfield. Yes. Um, and I, I just see continuing problems coming before us at the ZBA with this averaging, which requires a greater setback sometimes than what the zoning code would normally require without the averaging. Um, so anyway, that's going to inform my decision on this. That's correct. Any other questions? Yeah, Julia. Um, can you show on here so the variance is for four foot nine inch rear yard can you like with your cursor show yes. exactly where right here so if you can see and you guys can see my cursor yes, yes. <laughs> that's great thank you um so right in this area here if you see the dashed line that uh -huh. is the rear setback line this and then also it goes up to the front setback line the average so this is the part that's in the setback kind of right here about five feet of that, if you still see my cursor, it does conform to the side yard setback, which is five feet. But it's this that dash line that's kind of—I think that's the best. Yes, that is the best shot that we have of that. Okay, and this is to 
build a garage? Isn't there a garage there? Yes, a garage is, as well as uh, an accessory dwelling unit above it. So there's a one-car garage you can see. So this would, um, this is the existing on the, the top is the existing photo. Uh -huh. There's a one-car garage here, and then they would be putting kind of another one-car garage parallel. Or, yes, parallel. Oh, oh, okay. Thank you. Matt. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Christine. Sorry. Matt, yes. um, is access to the ADU, is that from the door, when I'm looking at the proposed front, just to the left of the garage door, that, does that go directly yes. upstairs? Yes. Okay. As you see kind of on this floor plan here. Oh, yeah. Here you no, can I see it. Kind of, yep. Thank you. And then the setback, I notice it's an empty lot to the west. Yes. Um, so I'm just curious, what is this, what would be their setback then? as a side yard. What is that setback? So wait, which? To the, the empty lot to the left. The empty lot, um, I think they're also the same zoning district, I believe. So mm -hmm. that would be, um, they're also R1C. So that front setback is uh, 25 feet. It's 20, okay. But they average, so within 100, but the issue is further down here, we have to yeah, um, it's take into those as well. Because the averaging works 100 feet from the property line. Mm -hmm. it, it, whether it's one lot or two lots, it okay. adds them all up. But the, in the ADU, it's not going further. If you could go back to Correct. the line yep. drawing. No problem. Yeah, so it aligns with that bump out at the north end of the existing single family residence. Yes, and it's entirely behind the front line of the yeah. existing house. Okay, thank you. Any other questions for Matt? All right, if the petitioner is here, uh, please come forward, state your name for the record and sign in. You'll have five minutes. Hello, I'm Kevin Adkins with Adroom Architecture. If approved, I get to be the architect for this. Um, the homeowners are behind me, Nick and Anna. Um, I don't have a whole lot to add other than what's been said. We, have, we, we felt like we got dinged pretty good on the averaging setback of the 40 foot on both Robin and, and Fountain. The, the lot itself is about 8,100 square feet, and with all those setbacks, there's about 800 square feet of buildable area. So about 10% of the lot is buildable, which doesn't seem common for the area, and uh, typically not the intent, I think, of the zoning code to keep it so tight. Um, we did, uh, with the 25-foot normal front setback, we did go beyond that, so we're 27 feet off of that, and we're just asking for a little bit down at the bottom. and. I'm sorry, I thought I included the design for the ADU above. It seems to be missing out of the packet. There was another floor plan that looks like it's missing, but um, we needed that extra space to make it a functional apartment with a bathroom and a kitchen and, and make it functional. Of course, it could be smaller, but we're trying to make it usable, <laughs> um, good, good uh, proportions. Um, so that, that's the uh, additional four foot, seven inches uh, into the setback on the south side on the rear. But, I don't have anything else to add. Um, certainly can answer questions. Thank you. Questions, Dave? How many square feet is the ADU and how many bedrooms are in it? It's 640 square feet in one bedroom. Okay. Any other questions for the petitioner? All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks. If there's anyone from the public who wishes to speak on this petition, um, if there's anyone in person, please come forward. If you are accessing the meeting remotely, please press star nine to raise your hand once you've called in, um, or use the raise hand function if accessing via the web.
There don't appear to be any callers at this time. Thank you. With that said, the public hearing is closed and we are in discussion. Todd. Um, yes, I would. Um, I like Dave DeVarty's comments on the averaging, and I'm also concerned about that. I also note, I think, a particularly good letter from David Thatcher, which does a good analysis addressing the, the averaging and some other things. And um, with these two things, and looking at the staff report, I'm going to be voting in favor of this. I think it's a good idea. And ADUs are nice. It's not going to impact any of the neighbors. So I'll be voting yes. Thank you. I will note briefly, um, thank you for the reminder, Todd, that we did receive letter of support from Chris and Meredith Buhalis at 206 Crestfield, um, from David Thatcher at 1115 Fountain Street, and from Catherine Franklin at 600 Crestfield. Yes. Dave. Um, I do want to note that the addition is set back uh, beyond what would normally be required by the zoning code other than, you know, if we forwent the, um, the averaging with a 27-foot setback from Fountain. I, I see no problem with this, with the averaging as the... Um, architect or developer or the builder pointed out with averaging setback it makes this lot almost unusable so I would say let's stick with what the code says without the averaging um, the minor little bit on the rear setback is a variance that given the very modest size of this ADU 600 square feet one bedroom I've seen efficiencies that size or even bigger. So I think you've made a very modest request for this extra space um, in order to create a usable space there. And it's to, you know, to get a one nice one bedroom out of apartment out of a 640 square foot space, I think is uh, your, hopefully the architect is doing a good job for you. And so I'll be voting yes. I agree with Todd on this and then the points I stated previously about the averaging, setback averaging. Thank you, Dave. Any other discussion? Julia. I can do that. Um, I'm kind of usually the stickler in the group for corners, uh, you know, just because it's kind of like, well, you knew you bought a corner. <laughs> it was going to be problems. But I do feel this lot is unique. Um, and it is an odd amount of setbacks that's required. And I am glad to see that there's an ADU going up while they're building a garage. Um, so I'm in favor. Christina? Yeah, I'm in favor also. It seems since as the point has been made that it's not a very buildable lot, right? So, um, but it's, the addition is very um, minimally, it minimally impacts the the, the lot itself and the surrounding, so I'm, I, I'm in favor of this project. Thank you. Any further discussion? Are we ready for a motion? I have, I'll make a motion, but there, I do want to make one additional point. Sure. Um, I think adding a unit, uh, um, many of us are in favor of density and adding units. Um, in this particular case, I think it's 
consistent with the neighborhood because I know further south on Fountain there are a number of multi-unit uh, duplexes and even uh, four-unit um, properties that are further south on Fountain. So I feel like this adding a unit here is a modest request that's consistent with uh, uh, what's going on in the neighborhood or what has pre-existed in the neighborhood, not even the new um, McMansions that are being built in this neighborhood. I think this is uh, much more human scale. If I could just add to that point, it is um, across the street is zoned R2A, so across the street is zoned duplex essentially. Right. So they can have two units by right there. So I make a motion uh, ZBA 24 2019 1115 Fountain. Based on the following finding and in accordance with the established standards for approval, the Zoning Board of Appeals hereby grants a four foot nine inch rear yard setback variance from Chapter 55, Unified Development Code, Table 517-1, single family district dimensions. The applicant is proposing construction of a building addition at the rear of the residence. The addition is to be built per the submitted plan. Second. Allowing the variance will result in substantial justice being done considering the public benefits of the zoning ordinance, the practical difficulties that will be suffered by a failure to grant the variance and the rights of others whose property would be affected by allowing the variance. Thank you, Dave. Um, quick question, that variance was, or that motion was just for the variance, not also for permission to alter the oh. nonconforming structure? Is there a separate motion for that? Yes. Um, we can do two separate, we could take but them separate if it why, doesn't matter to we, me either way. Do you want to do them separately or together? I think yeah, in this, I'll go with whatever the chair desires. I think in this case, we could probably combine them. Okay. Further, the same motion is to approve ZBA 22-219-1115 Fountain. So the first one was ZBA 24-2019. This alteration is ZBA 22-2019. Alteration to a non-conforming structure. The Zoning Board of Appeals hereby grants relief from Section 5.32.2, alteration to a non-conforming structure to allow construction of an addition that will be attached to an existing dwelling at the rear of the property. The new construction is to be built per the submitted plans. Thank you, Dave. Do we have a motion? Do we have support? Second, so Good. support. Thank you, Todd. <clears throat> Julia. Yes. Christina. Yes. I also vote yes. Mike Daniel. Yes. Dave Devardi. Devardi, yes. Uh, Todd. Yes. Elizabeth. Yes. The request is granted. Moving on to petition ZBA 22-2009-107 Valhalla Drive. Um, this was postponed from the July meeting and is again noted as public hearing only. Matt? Uh, correct, again with this variance, if you, if you all remember, um, it was a variance from the parking section of code. Um, since the time they originally applied for this, the parking section has been revised, so there's 
no need for a variance in this case because what they're requesting is allowed by code now, so it would be moved. <laughs> so they've withdrawn it, but we can still hold a public hearing. However, I don't really see, I don't see anybody else on the line, but we can still open it up if there's um, anybody that would like to comment on it. But all right, thanks, Matt. With that said, the public hearing's open for 107 Valhalla. If anyone wishes to speak on this petition, please uh, raise your hand now. <clears throat> There don't appear to be any callers at this time. All right, thanks, Courtney. Uh, with that said, the public hearing is closed and we will move on. Uh, we have no unfinished business. We have dealt with new business and communications. Uh, public comment. If anyone from the public wishes to speak on any items that we have not covered already, now's the time. Um, please, there's no one here in person, but if there's anyone remotely that wishes to speak, please call in now and raise your hand. There don't appear to be any callers at this time. Matt, did you have a comment? No, sorry, I just, I just wanted to add something after, after public hearing, or I mean after the public comment, which we don't seem to have any. All right, so yes, okay, Matt. Sorry, um, I just <laughs> want to note one, um, obviously I introduced myself to many of you and I think I know all of you, so um, I will be subbing for the ZBA until we, we are in the process of hiring a new zoning administrator. However, um, as many of you know, I was doing this previously for many years before um, we hired Mr. Barrett. He's moved to a different position within the city. So you guys will be stuck with me for the foreseeable future. Um, so I think you all need, know how to probably reach me or um, I can let you guys know. So any questions, obviously, anything regarding the zoning board would now uh, come to me for, for questions in the meantime. Um, in addition to that, I did want to mention that um, we are looking at setting up another training session for the Zoning Board of Appeals. Um, I don't exactly have a date for that yet. However, one of the things, and I know uh, Mr. DeVarty brought it up a couple times as well tonight, are it, regarding like averaging, things like that. Um, one of our roles also as staff, and your roles as ZBA, is to highlight these items like that. I know averaging was a section that goes back all the way when I, was, when I started the first time at the ZBA. Um, if there's things that you want staff to look at, um, we can take direction from you guys. If you feel as a board, look, look at the averaging section, it's not working. Um, we can take that direction from you. So that would be, I think, a good opportunity. To, I mean, you can always do it at any time, but I wanted to just put that bug in your ears so that then in any other issues, maybe you guys have seen up the uh, scene here frequently. Um, a great example of that was the front porches where we eventually changed the code to allow covered front porches because we are seeing, and I look at Mr. DeVarty specifically for this one because the front porch, but um, we, so we changed the code to allow those, so you don't see those anymore. So that's something I just want the board to be thinking of, and any of these, highlight these issues for us, send them to me, and um, also obviously include Courtney as well, and then we can flag those, and when we have our training session, hopefully by the end of the year, I'm not sure, we can bring those up at that time, and again, you guys can, I'd have to look up the exact procedure of it, whether you do it through a motion, or I think it's just a simple directive, say, well, you know, we want staff to look at this section or not. So start thinking of any other items that you may have in the meantime. Yes. Yes. Um, Matt, it might make sense to have the training session after the new person gets yeah. here. That would be a good chance for all of us oh. to get acquainted. Yeah, good point. Okay. Yeah, unfortunately. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I guess. Uh, right. And I, actually, I don't even have a date. So it may be, even though it doesn't seem close to the end of the year now, by the time training things work, it probably will be. But yes, that's a great point. All right. I so have that one, was it. one question for Matt. Yes. Do we have any open slots on the board? No, the not at this time. Well, so well. the board is totally filled? Yes. Okay, thank you. Julia, did you have that? That was my question. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, Christina took our, 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 our open slide. <laughs> all right. Uh, all that said, do we have a motion to adjourn? Anybody? 
Thank you, Julia. Support? I support. Thank you, Dave. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? All right, we're adjourned. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>